0: You are listening to a conservative review production. Trust, but verify. You're listening to the conservative conscience. Welcome back to The Conservative Conscience. This is your host, Daniel Harwitz? I got my co-host here, Joe Koss, back with us. And just you know, before we get into this big week, and a big week it was, campaign stuff, electoral stuff, congressional stuff, judicial tyranny as always. We got a lot to talk about, all three branches of government plus the campaign. But first, some just in-house stuff. Make sure you subscribe to LevinTV.com if you love his radio show, you will love his TV show. I actually like it even better. Um, real long-form discussion, unique stuff. You won't hear this stuff everywhere else. LevinTV.com. Also, subscribe to our website now more than ever. I mean, I am blown away. Heck, I don't have time to read all the stuff we have anymore. We have every facet of policy, politics covered, really expanding. Um, you know, In addition to my vertical, the conservative conscience, we have you know, Rob Eno, is is really one of our rising stars. He's got you covered for our Delegate Mass stuff. And then our CR Audio app, um, if you want to listen to not just my podcast, but Steve Day, Dan Bongino. We got many, many others here. So we are full. I mean, this is the next generation of conservative leadership. Very proud to be a part of it. All righty, Joe. Gosh, where <laughs> do we start on a week like this? Um, we have the Republicans in Congress doing their thing again. Um, green energy, affordable housing, (laughs) Democrat stuff. We have the Supreme court, um, hanging by a thread with executive amnesty. You got the fourth circuit mandating transgendered bathrooms. And as of this recording, Thursday, April 21st, we got John Donald Trump promoting the transgendered agenda. So, you know, I want to get back to the campaign, but Joe, I want to pose something to you. Um, and a question that a new contributor for us, David Sarenda, a buddy of mine here in Maryland, an activist here, he wrote a very nice article on is there not a cause? And it was a takeoff of off of you know David and Goliath, where basically Goliath was sitting there in the mountains cursing out the Jews for 40 days. It was, you know, this was the constant consummate battle between morality and, and the pagans. And he was just trashing them. Who's going to come fight me? Who's going to come fight me? Finally, David emerges. And, you know, even his own brother said, you can't do this. It's not going to work. You know, who are you? Where are you coming from? And, and, I, you know, again, not to compare myself to David, but I hear this all the time. Daniel, it's not going to work. You know, all my ideas I put out, um, never, nothing's ever going to work. And, you know, he turned to them and he said, is there not a cause? Joe, is there not a cause we could unify Republicans behind to fight for, just one?
1: It it, it doesn't and- seem so. If you look to Congress and in some of the people that are controlling the party right now, it really doesn't. Um, it's it's concerning. Uh, you and I spoke, and I've spoken with other people that I think conservatives like you and I are becoming not only a minority, but a you know kind of the far end of the spectrum, even within the right side of the overall spectrum. We are a very, very small, small portion of what it means to be Republican or even conservative nowadays, and through no fault of our own. I mean, it's sort of, you know, the old saying, we didn't leave the party, the party left us.
0: And that's the thing. Joe, we, I say this all the time. We are not going around saying, you know, our major priorities are to abolish Medicare, abolish Social Security, um, mandate that everyone has to pray three times a day. <laughs> We're not the ones doing anything. We want to mind our own business. It's the other side saying a marriage is not a marriage. You must service it with your own private property. Hey, a man's not a man. A guy sitting there with the male part between his legs is really a female. Put him into the you know male bathroom, the female bathroom. I mean it's – they are the ones with the radical fringe ideas. We're just sitting here minding our our own business and you know not only do you see it from the legislative end but from the judicial end codifying this there and I think this is at its core why people were attracted to Donald Trump in the first place. People were attracted to him because they felt that exactly what you and I are talking about, talking about. Republicans don't stand for anything, and there's no cause they'll fight for. They won't fight for anything, and we've had it with the political correctness. In comes Donald Trump today, and he actually is beginning to vouch for the most politically, the the worst manifestation of PC, the transgender bathroom. So here you have, just to review for our listeners, in North Carolina, you had a Charlotte ordinance passed by and encouraged by a convicted child molester to mandate public and even private businesses allow men with a male reproductive uh, organ to go into a female bathroom. And for once, we actually had a Republican Party that fought. The Republican Party in North Carolina actually convened a special session and they said, no, we're going to impose our our state sovereignty over, over local laws. And they do have that authority that no, uh, you know, man's a man and a woman's a woman. If we can't stand for that, then I don't know what is fixed. What's, what is inviolable in life? And you know, they're under assault from the radical left. And, and I just want to point out, Joe, because Donald Trump was saying they're getting clobbered. No, 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 no. Houston, which is a liberal jurisdiction, squat, swatted down the LGQC transgender whatever alphabet soup bathroom initiative by 20 points. Last November. So that is where the people are. But there's a very tiny minority. Led by the PC police. That want to. Make everyone cower. amidst their fear like a barking dog. To run away. And the North Carolina GOP. Fought halfway. The governor kind of gave in halfway there. And Donald Trump criticized them. Just like John Kasich who said get over it. We spoke about that last week. Donald Trump said No. They shouldn't be passionate, but everyone could use a male, could use a female bathroom. So I'm confused, Joe. I mean, I've said this many times. I would be attracted to a guy like Donald Trump in theory, especially on immigration, the PC, even if he's a fiscal liberal. And he is a fiscal liberal. Socialized medicine, eminent domain, raising taxes, taxing corporations left and right. I, I, I don't get it. I, I mean, <laughs> is there no floor here? Is there no cause? If a man is really a woman and a woman's a man, what PC are you going to fight against? I th- th- this is what I'm struggling with with Donald Trump. Have we come full circle to make PC great again? <laughs>
1: Uh, you know, that's, that's a great way of putting it. Uh, we we put up a piece on conservative review earlier about this, about what Trump said, and sort of where he stands on the issue. And there are a lot of people posing some good snarky questions. And a lot of times, Twitter can, you know, quickly descend into absurdity. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> very fast, you know that. But a lot of the questions are, are, are good. I mean, we had Kurt Schilling, who was fired because he posted on his Facebook, he actually shared a picture that was, I mean, it was inflammatory, but it was it, it was there to prove a I mean, it, I don't think it went over the top because it wasn't like he said it. He simply used a picture that existed in reality. Uh, but without even getting into that, somebody asked the question, would Trump have fired Kurt Schilling? Because if Trump believes that the bathroom ordinance was wrong... You know that that they should just allow whomever to use whatever they feel comfortable with, and then Kurt Schilling utilizes that picture. Would Trump fire him, or is Trump going to come out today and say that in all Trump properties that anybody can use whatever bathroom is you know comfortable to them? And these are good, important questions because they go to what you're saying ultimately, which is. At some point, Trump is going to stop being a candidate. And if he becomes the nominee and if he eventually becomes the president, that is a completely different person. And I don't mean he's going to – I'm not even getting to the point whether or not he's going to change. I'm just saying a candidate is one thing, but then an elected official is a very, very different thing. And I, I am
0: capable of changing to anything I want. That That's the quote you're looking for. So he himself did say
1: that. Right and and if that's the truth and if that's the reality of who he is and what he thinks then what does president trump look like or what does even ted cruz as president president cruz look like or president hillary or president sanders we don't ask these questions anymore because we get caught up as the electorate in all the glitz and glamour of the campaign we love the sound bites we love we love just jumping on the bandwagon and waving the flag.
0: And, and, and I wanted to take off of that, Joe, before I get back to Congress and what they did this week in the courts, if we have time, I want to I want to go over the elections a little bit because what you said is very important. We get caught up in the sound bites. It's all and it's embodied by the 140 characters on Twitter, which has become so predominant in politics. And this is the antithesis of what we are at Conservative Review. And this is why I, I can never run for office. <laughs> because I am not I mean, that's the thing. We're not good at the bumper stickers. I mean, it is this is a long form mature discussion we have through audio, video, you know, Levin show, our our endless writings and columns and, and, and news updates. You know, life is not that simple. Life is not a soundbite. And the 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 thing that Donald Trump has mastered is the art of the soundbite. He is the the simplicity of the message, no matter how egregious or or scandalous or often untrue his thing is, he has messaged that. So, you know, everyone want, you know, people want my take. Okay, what happened? You know, we thought Cruz was gonna have some momentum out of Wisconsin, and it appears he went backwards. And he did go backwards, right? If you just look at what happened, the Northeast was always his toughest area, but he slid about ten points. You find this in the Pennsylvania, Maryland, um, Delaware polling I've seen, you find it in national polling, and you find it in New York. He was always going to get crushed there. That was Donald's a home state, but he slid back about 10 points. He was not supposed to get 14. He, he was supposed to be about where Kasich was, and Kasich was supposed to be lower than it. And what happened was you know, he didn't have a bad two weeks. The only thing we could think of, and I think this is true, is he was ironically blamed for winning. For winning Colorado, for winning Wyoming, they we're like, no way. That messaging is not going to stick. So remember, every time Cruz wins, it's stolen. So after Iowa, oh, he stole it from Carson, that whole scandal. And, and it was just preposterous. But he did the same thing. Oh, he, he stole Colorado. Now, again, we first of all, we point out Colorado, North Dakota, and Wyoming, had they had primaries, Cruz would have crushed it in those states anyway. But he was just following the rules. That's the calendar. If you don't like it that there are conventions and not... Caucuses or primaries, we'll change that. But it's not. Cruz didn't do that. But the simplicity of the message, the simplicity of the message. You, the election is rigged. The establishment did it. I'm for the people. I'm going to fight. Cruz stole the election. I think that hurt him. Right? It's extremely unfair. But I think the 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 polling shows that at least temporarily. We'll find out what happens next Tuesday. But that did hurt him. I, I see that in the. I've I've seen reams of polling private and public i believe it has hurt him um i'm not blaming him for that but that is something they need to confront and it's the simplicity of the messaging and this is why trump is so successful the simplicity of his messaging could is completely countermanded by the details of his views (laughs) are often 180 degrees the opposite Oh, um, p- political correctness is destroying our country. Yeah, yeah, you know, and everyone gets out of the rallies because he knows people are starving for that, and he's right. Oh, men are women too. You stop being mean to the transgender. What, huh? Wait, what, what? He actually just said also, it came across the wires, he believes the Republicans should soften their abortion stance in the official RNC pla- um, platform. <laughs> it's funny. I see, you know, some of these uh, – Trumpists are saying that, oh, the establishment's going to sabotage the convention. <laughs> Trump's going to sabotage his own convention. <laughs> you don't need the establishment. You know, we're always worried about the establishment softening the GOP platform. He's asking to do it. Again, he's come full circle. I mean, everything people are voting for, for him for, he's the opposite. But the simplicity of his message makes it very simple for him to give off the aura that he's going to fight, even though he is actually against. The very conservatives who fight the political correctness he purports to, to to, to want to go after. So I, I I mean I want to get your view, Joe. You know, do you see any other dynamic with you know why Cruz went backwards, Trump was doing better. But my view is always when you are explaining, you're losing. Yeah. And and Trump had the th- you stole the election, and rather than Cruz stay on message and hardest like he's doing today, you're gonna force. Men into female bathrooms, you're going to force us to use our private property against our religious conscience. You know, Sarah Root, who who was killed by an illegal alien, he should pick a righteous fight with Obama over that, over criminal aliens, over the amnesty. But he started saying he he got into process. Well, no, you know, this is how it is. He started explaining and he's right. (laughs) That is the process. But when you're explaining, you're losing.
1: You should never be afraid to reject the premise. Uh, my daughter yesterday was asked by a friend who hadn't seen her, you know, are you are you five or are you five and a half? When in reality, she's six. And my daughter kind of got confused by it because it was coming from an adult and she, you know, it, it just kind of tripped her up. And, and usually she's a pretty quick-witted girl. And I told her I'd never be afraid to reject the premise. And the the funny thing about cruz is he got trapped into the same thing he got trapped into the idea that somehow he had to play by cruz or by trump's rules he had to go into into new york and do these things and he had to he had to defend against the fact that he stole these you know these states and these delegates rather than just saying look I won these delegates and this is what we're talking about just completely pivot off the conversation. But but they didn't. The campaign didn't for whatever reason for a couple days and did slide backwards. But like you said, at this point now, he's moving forward and that's important. He needs to move forward if he if you know, he wants to challenge Trump and he needs to show the people what they are possibly electing because Trump isn't going to do that. Trump is going to, like you said, continue to play to the soundbite, to the 140 characters, to the to the way that he is, because that has gotten him here to this point. But that is that is a very shallow candidacy in the political sense, because once you get past those soundbites, there's not a lot there. I mean, The Republican Party and conservatism has always allegedly been the party of ideas and the party of, you know, intellectual honesty. And if you have somebody come up who's not going to play that intellectual game, who's not going to talk about policies, it may get you to a point, but it probably won't carry you over the finish line. And so. (laughs) Exactly.
0: And and look, you know, speaking of bathrooms here and, and, and not to get too crude, you know, um, my wife wouldn't appreciate some of these mail but come on, we're two males. You got, you got to make these. Trump's like the guy that drops a stink bomb in the classroom, and then there's like chaos, and everyone's like, you know, who did it? Who did it? And you know, you just open the darn window and let in the fresh air, and, and that—that's what he does. Every time Cruz is in his stride, that's what Trump just drops the stink bomb, and that's what he does. And you know, he—I—I I believe, you know, the, my criticism is. Their problem is they never use messaging as an offensive tool, a tool to go on offense like Trump does. They use messaging to stay on message. It's just a matter of treading water, being a candidate. Cruz needs to not just be a candidate. He needs to go back to being a leader. Part of the problem that, I, that has frustrated me, not everyone reads conservative review. More people need to. <laughs> but, you know, so they don't appreciate the leadership role he took in standing up to Obama in the Senate. So he's been out of the Senate because he has to be on the campaign trail and whatever. So he hasn't been in the thick of these fights. But what he needs to do is use the campaign trail to pick major fights with Obama. And and I believe that's going to get him back on track. So Trump's going to drop his think bombs and his stuff Uh, processed stuff and uh, scandalous accusations. You just go back to fighting Obama on sovereignty, security, society, on the fundamental transformation issues. And I think Cruz could take the same advice that I gave to congressional Republicans. We're going to put this in show notes, and I promised our listeners I would do this last week. We've been criticizing Congress for what they've been doing, for passing boring stuff that you cannot cannot message, cannot be harnessed to draw – a bold contrast from the Democrats, and be used against Hillary in a general election. And instead, they're actually passing liberal things. So what can they do? What should they be doing? So we have our top 10 list. And and, and again, there's a lot more than 10 items you could have, but we call them slam-dunk issues. And my criterion for for these issues was as follows. They had to uh, speak to current important issues that people all know about, and they're considered of great consequence. They're easy to message. Right, it's got to be. It can't be kind of a complex in the weeds policy issue, even if it's important. Um, and it's something you that it, that is clearly popular with the public and still resonates. Again, I think Social Security is unconstitutional, but you know, saying you're going to abolish it is not exactly going to resonate, and we all understand that. So, you know, just a couple: halt refugee resettlement. That was the big issue. I had members of Congress tell me that, that they never got more calls flooding their office than on that issue. They want it stopped. Interior enforcement, sanctuary cities, with with all the the murders that are taking place. There was a very riveting congressional hearing this week with the mothers of children killed by illegal aliens. Um, that is a huge thing. The Davis Oliver bill we have that that ends Obama's amnesty. You know, again, visa tracking. We don't even know who's coming to the country. Designating the Muslim Brotherhood a terror group. Obama's war on the suburbs. You can go through all these things we have that protecting religious liberty. How about this? How about a bill, no more sanction relief on Iran, until they apologize and pay reparations for the hundreds of U.S. soldiers they killed in Iraq. What are Democrats supposed to do with that? That's how you how you draw a sharp contrast. And we have we have many of these ideas. Most of them are security, sovereignty, immigration oriented. Um, But, you know, you could kind of think of your own ideas of what's a winning issue. And yes, Obama's going to veto it. Yes, Harry Reid's going to filibuster. But that's the point. We don't have the White House. We can't enact laws. But we want to demonstrate to the American people this is why Republicans should be entrusted with power. This is why you need to give us the White House. This is why Hillary Clinton cannot be trusted with the White House. This is why Democrats cannot be given 12 years in the White House for the first time since FDR. They don't, they don't deserve it, and here's what they're going to do. They're going to stand for the Muslim Brotherhood. They're going to stand for illegal aliens. They're going to be against religious liberty, which was the impetus of our founding and the discovery of this country in the first place. Right. This is what they need to be doing, and I think by extension, this is what Ted Cruz needs to be doing. We know he stands for all of this. He's demonstrated it, but most people don't know enough about that. They They only see what they see now, and they're a little bit suspicious of him because there's pretty bad preconceived notions from the media. He has got to harness a big fight, whether it's religious liberty, whether it's sanctuary cities, whether it's Obama's amnesty. You hold rallies with victims of illegal aliens. You hold rallies with victims of you know, people that were fined because they held to their religious conscience. And you tie in Donald Trump – Supports Obama on this. He supports the political correctness. He supports the judicial tyranny. He supports transgendered bathroom and and anti-religious bigotry. And you tie them both together. So his stink bombs don't matter because you open the freaking window and you let in the fresh air. Cruz has got to reinvent the alpha moment that he always was, the alpha conservative in the room. Um, not just explaining away why it's legitimate that he is winning the delegates. Its just he's gotta, you know kind of breathe some fresh air into that stump speech. Um, there, there are so many issues. Like you said, these top ten um, alone, there's so much beautiful messaging there. Here's the thing. you know, Cruz is his own man. <laughs> he does, He's not gonna listen to me, but you know, this is my two cents that I'd offer to the campaign.
1: I think all candidates kind of need to do what you're talking about, you know, conservative candidates, especially as we go into this election cycle and moving forward. But I mean, especially Cruz and and some of the, you know, top ballot folks, like you said, to, to be a leader, to open up and have the fresh air. At the end of the day, Trump is going to and has to continue to be the guy that he is. For a while, he tried to pivot and be the more. You know, statesman and, and more reserved candidate in the media Wait, wait,
0: Joe. What wasn't he supposed to be giving a bunch of policy speeches? Right. And, it,
1: <laughs> and and if you remember when there was you know still about four or five candidates left, there was one debate where he really kind of took the higher road, and there there were a couple of quote unquote victory speeches where he did that, and people were like, "Whoa, this is the Trump we need to see." The problem was, you could tell that it was forced and fake. It's a lot easier for him to be the way that he is, and it's it's not necessarily a bad thing it's really not i mean if (laughs) at the end of the day it would be hardest for good stuff right If, if at the end of the day the policies he held were great this would be perfect the problem is the problem isn't that he's doing that Because that would be great. The problem is that when you do look at what he would do, because at the end of the day, he would have to institute policies and and take stances on certain things. Like with the North Carolina bathroom thing, we see that he takes the wrong ones for conservatives. And And I, you know... I think by the end of the day, he's going to walk this back because he's going to get enough flack from it. He's going to see it. And if he doesn't, then he the reason he doesn't is because he realizes that he doesn't have to because the people aren't holding him accountable. And by people, I mean the people in the Republican Party and the conservatives on the right who are supporting him.
0: And, and that is the core problem with this man. You know, the, the thing about at Conservative Review is we don't just focus on the election. And in fact, it's still a minority of our focus. We focus on the courts, on the executive branch, on the legislative branch, the bills in Congress, the broader array of politics. And you get a full spectrum. I mean, our readers, listeners, they get a full spectrum view of the political process. And when you understand what's going on, you cannot come into this as president with no principles. Because even people that do get sucked in, there's one directional inertia. So if to begin with, you sympathize with the homosexual agenda, which, by the way, you want to know what the tip of the spear of political correctness is? It's that. The LGBTQ, Y and Z. By the way, they are adding more vowels. I have to – we'll have to talk offline. I, I'm getting confused. <laughs> but it's not just four letters. There's more. <laughs> they keep adding. I mean the political correctness is absurd, and this guy buys into it. Everything he says is like that. So when people say, oh, he's going to – he's an outsider. Well, actually, he has the consummate views of an insider. An outsider means you are grounded to the principles outside the political cesspool that even if you go in it, you're far from being taken in by it, you're going to disinfect it. You're going to drain the swamp. You're not going to be sucked into it. But Joe, how could you drain the swamp if you're ready to smell like the swamp even before you get in it? <laughs>
1: I mean, this isn't about bathrooms, Daniel. At the end of the day, it's not about bathrooms. And the reason that I know that is when families started having issues with, with, you know, bigger bathrooms where it was, you know, a male bathroom with lots of stuff and and females and and, and there were more single dads and the PC thing came about. What did you see popping back up? You saw popping back up, which were single stall bathrooms that were called family restrooms. You know, they were – it was – it was one toilet or two sometimes, but it was a lockable door that you could go in there. That was both for the comfort of the family and for yep. the rest of the patrons who didn't want an entire family in a restroom. You know, because if, if if I took all my kids in there and needed my wife's help, she couldn't come in the male bathroom, or vice versa. So they cre- you know, they, they created a bathroom that served and solved both sides of the problem. Here, we're only solving one side of the equation, and and that's the thing. At the end of the, it it, it not to get into cost, but I mean, the point isn't bathrooms here. Because if no. if it was, they would come up with a solution. This isn't a solution. This is well.
0: It's also because it's a contrived problem. We're talking about 03 percent right. and this and that. But you, but you're right. It's the same thing with marriage. It wasn't about oh getting a no. certificate. It's about you bake that cake for me or else. And that's that's what you're saying because they, even if, even if you believe in their problems, I think it's contrived. But it, they don't want the solution; they want they want to shove their lifestyle. It's funny they force they they accuse everyone of oh you're legislating morality from Congress. No, no, no they're actually legislating immorality from the judiciary <laughs> branch. But but the point is they you know what I mean? They want us to. It's not just, oh, can you accept, well, you accept me. But no, they don't want to live and let live. They want to live their life by proxy through our life.
1: One quick anecdote. I know we're running out of time. Uh, My dad in his career met, uh, just because of what he did, a lot of interesting people. And he talked about someone who was, you know, back in the day, they had different names, but you know, he just referred to them as a crossdresser. I'm sure in today's world that would be a transgendered person because it wasn't just that they were wearing clothing. You know, they they took on a name and and whatnot. And I didn't get into specifics with him, but one of the interesting things he I remember him telling me was the bathroom. You know, he's like, well, you know, what do you do when you go to a restaurant or whatever? And they said depending on what clothes I'm wearing, I go in there and I just, you know, I try and go in and he, they're like, it's a bathroom. All I want to do is do my business. No one cares. And, and and I don't care. You know, that that's the extent of it. And it stemmed from a larger conversation, but I, it, it reminded me of that in, in the day. If this was just about that, that it was just about bathrooms, like, like we said, there would be a solution and this wouldn't be a yeah. big issue. I think all of us could come to some solution in every instance
0: but but it's about a pagan inquisition it's about going house to house business to business you are going to it's
1: stretching the it's stretching the spectrum of what's what's PC and acceptable to the to the most extreme because if they can pull it out further all the stuff that gets encompassed in that circle that's less extreme will be easier to push through
0: Exactly. And that's where we're at. We are at the point as to what what is the floor? Where is that floor? What will Republicans actually fight for? And now we know Donald Trump is not that man that many people thought he was that he would fight. Who is that man? And I think, you know, Ted Cruz has an opportunity. He could bounce back. We'll we'll discuss this on the other side of the big primary next Tuesday. Until then, keep in touch with our legislative writing, our judiciary writing, our podcasts, you know, the app. Make sure you subscribe to LevinTV.com as well. We're out of time. Thanks for listening and God bless. Until next time, this is The Conservative Conscience.